0: When I meet these individuals, um, it's creating a safe environment for them that's uh, non-judgmental. We're partners in their learning journey, uh, you know, and it's always based on collaboration and mutual respect. So this is, an, this is adult education. So um, we always recognize the strengths that our learners are bringing already.
1: Hello, I'm Eric Anderson. The voice you just heard belongs to Charlene Seawak. She's the featured guest in season six, episode two of YXE Underground. Literacy is something that many of us take for granted. And yet one in three people in our province struggle when it comes to things like reading, writing, comprehension, and numeracy skills. At Foundations Learning and Skills Saskatchewan, a dedicated group of staff and volunteers are helping adults who want to improve their literacy skills for free. Charlene Siwak is the adult literacy coordinator at Foundations and sees the impact literacy has in our community. She takes listeners inside the adult literacy programs offered by foundations and why this work means so much to her in this episode of YXC Underground. I think it takes a lot of courage for people to admit when they need help and seek out resources that can help them achieve their goals. And when it comes to foundations, learning, and skills, the goals it helps people reach revolve around literacy. The organization, formerly known as Read Saskatoon, has been helping people 18 and over in Saskatoon and the province for decades achieve their learning goals. Now, these goals could be small, like improving their math skills to pass a workplace exam, or larger, like improving their overall reading comprehension skills. Charlene Seawalk and her colleagues work with learners from all walks of life in Saskatoon to help them reach their goals. And what I found so interesting in speaking with Charlene is just how unique it is working with adult learners compared to high school or elementary school students. Another theme of my conversation with Charlene is the importance of volunteers. Charlene could not run her adult literacy programs without her more than 100 volunteers who serve as coaches to the participants in the programs. One of those volunteer coaches is Cassidy Zuba. She is enrolled in social work at the University of Saskatchewan and for the past three years has been working with a learner to develop his reading, writing and comprehension skills. They meet once a week over Zoom and have developed a friendship through their work together. Cassidy says that building trust between a coach and learner makes the learning process more productive and enjoyable.
0: I think it's just really important because without that trust I don't think that you can grow in your relationship just the way that you can. It, it'll never be that full growth. And I, I think it's just, again, really empowering for the learners to have that trust because they feel more confident when they're doing things. And then there's also that confidence where, you know, if they're still struggling, that's okay because they know that, You know their coach is going to help them through the steps and they have that trust and they know that it's okay, we'll get there. So I think that that's a really crucial part of it.
1: The work being done at Foundations is making an impact on so many lives in our community and that is something that makes Charlene Seawalk smile. She's passionate about making a difference in people's lives and as you will discover in our conversation, loves working with adults to reach their education goals. I learned so much from Charlene in our conversation, and I know you're going to as well. I met Charlene at the Foundation's office in Saskatoon's City Park neighborhood, and we sat at a table in one of their conference rooms. I started by asking how people in our community first begin with the adult literacy program.
0: A lot of our adult learners... Um, are referred to us by a community partner Um, or they could have heard about us through word of mouth or um, someone else who's taken programs or found found us online even with some of the things that we have going on in the community so they come to us from a variety of ways Um, and some of us have known about our programming for a long time but it's taken um, some courage to make that first step to coming to see us
1: You know, when I was thinking, you know, in my mind in terms of our conversation today, the word courage came to my mind a little bit because I do think it takes some courage for someone to say, I need some help, doesn't it?
0: It does, especially when you're an adult. Um, you know, I was just talking uh, this morning with our program manager, Sherry, and we were talking about how um, as adults we get pretty comfortable with what we're doing and in life and, and, and uh, we're comfortable with the things that we're good at, and it's hard to make changes sometimes or to try something new. Um, and so a lot of times uh, there can be stereotypes around adult learners, and there could be shame associated especially when it comes to literacy so it takes sometimes one two three times to make that first appointment with us to come in takes a lot of courage for some of our learners to walk through the door and say I want to change or I need support working on writing reading numeracy speaking whatever their goals are
1: what what are those first conversations like
0: the first conversations are wonderful because uh, I love meeting um, adult learners um, because I get to hear about their goals and the changes that they want to make in their life and the skills that they wanted to continue to develop. So um, when people come to us, adults, you know, they have a resource like resources, knowledge, a lot of background, knowledge, and life experience already. So we find out what skills they have. We have a strength-based approach, and we start there. So it's always focused on what the learner wants. It's uh, learner-centered and based on their goals. And I love learning about that and what hopes and goals they want to achieve. Aww. So
1: the, those first few times, that it is, it almost kind of like you're just getting to know the person like as a person, as a po- and then you sort of dive deeper in terms of what they need to or i guess like you said what they want to work on but it sounds like you get to know them too
0: Yeah, you do get to know them a little bit personally. The the intake takes about 45 minutes. Um, And, you know, other than the demographic uh, information that we collect on the learners um, and learning about their goals and and why they've uh, come to our agency, um, I also do an informal reading and writing assessment with them. So we're looking at, uh, you know, graded word lists. We're doing um, some comprehension questions and then doing just, you know, it's very informal. But it gives us a benchmark for uh, what resources and material would be appropriate uh, for them, and and uh, would be able to best support them with their sessions going forward.
1: Okay. Is it um, like when when in that initial assessment too? Like are are are, are people nervous, or are they are they excited to kind of start on this journey, or it, does it kind of depend on the person?
0: It really depends on the person. Yeah. We don't really have a typical learner um, because it, our learners are as unique as their individual goals. So um, some people might be a little bit nervous. Others would be excited. Um, so uh, it, it really depends on the person. Um I think it depends on how um, their experiences have maybe been uh, with formal education in the past. They could be entering a program with multiple barriers. Some have no barriers to learning, others have multiple barriers to learning. So all of those things really, um, you know, the lens they see learning through and they have some assumptions about their own learning, their own abilities, all of these things would influence um, if they're excited or nervous or happy. But um, what I can say is, you know, we, when I meet these individuals, um, it's creating a safe environment for them that's uh, non-judgmental, we're partners in their learning journey, uh, you know, and it's always based on collaboration and mutual respect. So this is, an, this is adult education. So um, we always recognize the strengths that our learners are bringing already, right? So um, we really respect the autonomy of our learners, and we focus on providing them with resources and tools versus resilience
1: there is so much to choose from from that answer. Yeah. That was there were so many things I oh okay. So I um I was just making mental checkpoints like ask about this, ask about this. But there yeah. you talked about creating a safe space, which I think is so important, especially like you said, if if a person's past experience or prior experience in education maybe wasn't that that enjoyable to create a safe space. So how do you how do you go about creating a safe space?
0: Okay, so we want them to we we want all of our adult learners to know that their strengths are going to be recognized that we have an informal approach to education so we allow for flexibility in our programming um, and for them uh, i guess initially when during the intake when i think back to that we spend quite a bit of time in that 45 minutes talking about their goals and there's a reason for that. Uh, The first reason is that um, goals are important because the learner um, is in control of their learning journey and that might be the first time that as an adult um, they're in control of their own learning. Uh, The second reason is is it lets them focus on the future and, and then they know that the future can be different than it is today. So that is why that goal setting is so important, so that creates a safe environment and um, and to let them know also that they're not alone um, you know in Saskatchewan, one out of three adults struggles with literacy daily, so that's important to know that it's not just them that um, you know we're helping adults every day and uh, you know and uh, they have the tools to develop their literacy skills no matter where they are on that literacy continuum yeah.
1: Yeah. you You mentioned the word uh, like, like in, in terms of like um, setting goals and 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 the word empowering came to my mind right away like it it must be empowering just within those first forty five minutes for a person to know, okay, I'm in this safe space, but like you said i'm I'm in control of this right yes. now.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that makes anybody feel safe, yeah. right? And when you have some choice, so um, and that includes really our our sessions with their coaches as well. Um, we provide a lot of training and support with all of our volunteer coaches, so um, they know how to create sessions that are learner centered um, and to have the learner involved in their sessions. It's very important. So one of the characteristics of all adult learners is they are self-directed. And what that means is they know best how they learn and they know what works. So um, that's where the coaches recognize that. They recognize their skills and their strengths and then they build from that. Instead of a curriculum, we don't have a set curriculum where you must do this and complete this textbook and, and, uh, do these things. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: I was, I was curious about that. Cause I know in, when we were exchanging emails before, I, one of the things I was curious about was how this differs from, from teaching, you know, in, in elementary school or middle school, the, those literacy in, in high school as well, those literacy right. skills, but yeah. So that would be one main difference then. Yeah.
0: Right. So, yeah. And, I mean, there's many um, characteristics of adult learners, but just to touch on a few of them. um, One is that they're self-directed, like I mentioned before. The other one um, is that they you know, adults have a wealth of knowledge and experience that they bring already. And so um, they know, they have a sense of who they are and what they want, right? Um, The other thing is, is that adults want to have authentic learning experiences. So, um, and it has to be um, things that they can use outside of the classroom or outside of the session right away. So there has to be some practical application. Um, and another thing is is that they must be involved in that learning process, right? So that's where why we don't have a curriculum, and it's based on the learner's goals. So, you know, typically our adult learners, they um, come to our agency because they want support with reading, writing, uh, numeracy, uh, or comprehension and speaking. So, um, but th- those broad categories might be different. It could be work-related, academic-related, or a personal goal, for example. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, it, so if, if I can just give a little bit of a, of a scenario, um, so say a, a person wants to, um, they they come in, they meet you, and one of their goals is they, they want to work on their reading skills. Um, and you've done your, your, you've had your initial meeting with them. Yeah. You've set some goals. Um, what are the next steps then? Like, um, are they paired with a volunteer right away, or how does that work?
0: Sure. So the next step um, that, uh, that I would do is, uh, part of that process is to also ask them about their availability. So, um, you know, so a lot of our participants are working. 40% of our adults are um, the working part or full time. We have another 40% that are in some form of classes or education. So, and they're busy parents with adult responsibilities or, you know, family responsibilities. So uh, we ask about their availability. You know, do they want to meet in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, or on the weekends? When's the best time for them. Um, And then we ask them if they're comfortable with meeting in person at a public library or over Zoom or some other virtual platform. Um, So after I get that information, I then uh, build a customized learning plan for them. Okay, so um, based on what their goal is, their short-term goal, maybe long-term goal. I look at the skills they want to develop, whether that's reading, writing, numeracy, speaking, comprehension. Um, And then I come up with some initial activities and resources. So I build a customized learning plan um, and then I find a coach with the expertise they need and that matches their availability. So, you know, that process takes a bit of time. So usually within two to three weeks, I find a coach. Um, and, and then I arrange for an initial introductory type meeting where we all meet, make sure everyone's comfortable. And we go over the learning plan and then off they go. Wow. Yeah. Is,
1: when, you, uh, when you have that meeting with the, the three of you, um, wh- what is, what's that like?
0: Oh, it's wonderful because you'd think initially that, I remember the first match meeting we called them, these introductory meetings, Uh, you'd think initially that the learner would be the one that's nervous, but sometimes it's the coach that's nervous, (laughs) especially if it's a new volunteer and it's their first learner, their adult learner, right? So they're a little bit nervous about doing a good job um, and supporting that adult, um, with what they need. Right. So, um, but it always goes well. It's great to have a a sense of humor. It's very relaxed. It's about 15 or 20 minutes. And, uh, we're just there to make sure that we have a schedule going forward and that they have the resources and the tools they need for planning their first and next sessions. Right. Yeah.
1: So then once once that meeting's done, is it, how, how involved are you afterwards? Then?
0: That's a great question. Um, after a month, I do a follow-up phone call with both the learner and the coach. So this is just to get their feedback, how things are going, make sure everybody's happy with how things are uh, progressing and see if there's anything else I can help with. And then at the three-month, the six-month, and the, uh, and then every six months after, I actually uh, do a bit more formal of an evaluation. So um, at those points, we have a, a learner evaluation survey and a coach evaluation survey. So i often call the learner um, to do this uh, survey, where it gets specific feedback, um, and I uh, send one to the coaches as well. So. Um, These evaluation surveys are very important because it uh, helps us to keep our programming effective um, and to um, respond to things as they come up. Um, And also it's crucial uh, for our program because um, we're looking for concrete examples of skill development Um, and where the learners are using strategies that we're teaching Um, and the reason for this is that um, our programs are free so uh, you know we've removed that financial barrier for adult learners but um, we do have a responsibility to our board to our community uh, members and our learners um, to uh, report on uh the successes in our program right and what learners are, are getting out of our program yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it, it's incredible that that it is free and I, and I want to ask a, a little bit more about that in a, in a minute but like I, I, I my mind is flashing back to like my assessment and evaluation classes at the University of Saskatchewan when I was doing the ed degree yeah. and and you know we're in, in a in a classroom setting it's like you're you're Assessing and evaluating every day, yeah. um, but w- with this, especially like once once you're like you know you once your initial meeting with with the volunteer and and the individual, and then they go, um, yeah, like is that? Do you want to check up on them more or like is it? <laughs> do you ever like? I don't know, it's like they're they're leaving the nest kind of deal. Yeah. How how does that feel?
0: Yeah, it does. I mean I'm just a phone call away, right? Yeah. So um sometimes initially with um new pairs I might have more frequent communication with the coach just make make it, they might have questions about certain resources or activities they're doing, um, or the learner may not be finding the activities that I've put on the learning plan effective. And again, they're self-directed, so it's just a starting point And goals and activities can change as they meet. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't I, I I tend to leave them alone because I trust in our. Uh, coach's ability to support those adults, and the adults know that they can contact me anytime if they have any concerns. So uh, I find that that, that's frequent enough. And they're getting, the other thing, another characteristic about an adult learner that differs from a child, is they do want uh, constant feedback. So um, this is, when they're with their coach, that is one of the elements of their session. So they're getting feedback. We don't like to call it evaluation at that time, but they're getting feedback, and you know, at each session with their coach, so they know if they're on the right track, right? So yeah, so when I'm talking to them, it's just more of a kind of a check-in to see, you know, have they improved? This was their goal. Are they making progress? Have they completed it? Because some some learners' goals are complex, um, and we are one step towards a longer-term goal, um, or others might be a very short-term, finite goal. So for example, um, sometimes we have adult learners come to us, they want support with passing the uh, written portion of a driver's exam. Okay, so they're having problem maybe with the vocabulary, test-taking strategies, uh, you know, inference, for example, for comprehension. So uh, we set them up with a coach. Well, they m- may only be with our adult lit program for three to six months. They write the test and pass. They're done. So they're on to their next goal. So it might just be a short-term yeah. goal or it might be a much longer goal. Yeah. Well,
1: that's interesting. You see the whole spectrum then, don't you?
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure I do. Yeah, and it's wonderful. And we, the best thing about working in my job, working here for foundations and um, being in my, my role, is how there's successes every week. So, you know, we have, we have between 120 to 130 learners a year in our adult literacy program and about 100 coaches. Um, so every week a coach or a learner is calling to tell us about a success or achieving their goal or moving on to the next thing. So that's just the best part about my job. I just love it so much. Wow. Yeah.
1: I didn't realize you had that many people involved, and not only in terms of individuals, but coaches as well.
0: Yeah, we, they really are volunteers are the lifeblood. Of our agency, so um, I think Kathleen mentioned that there's 191 volunteers last year. We have about 100 in lead, uh, which is the adult literacy program. So that works out to the equivalent of about 11 full-time staff. So you know we do this work in the community through um, our staff members here at foundations um, and you know, and our volunteers, right? And our funders, so our community partners. So um, that volunteers are very important. Yeah.
1: Where, Where do your volunteers come from?
0: Oh, my gosh. We're always looking for more volunteers. So, um, you know, they they come from all walks of life. And that, that's the other great thing is they are, um, just as individuals, are learners. So um, I get to meet uh, people with varied backgrounds, levels of education and experience, and those are all those are all such important elements of our programming because our learners need all different skill development right so sometimes for example um, we have a learner who might be, uh, this is a success story, actually, from this week. I'm kind of going down a bit of a rabbit hole here. Well,
1: please, please do. It's <laughs> exactly. a podcast. You go down the rabbit hole.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, we, have the, we had this learner. He was in his uh, late 50s, and I did an intake with him, and he had tried numerous times to pass um, the math portion of the GED um, and so he had uh, suffered a workplace injury he could no longer do his uh, previous career. Um, but he um, had a, kind of an interrupted formal education. So he, he never did finish his grade 12. So fast forward all these years, he's happily working, raising his family, working in the community, contributing. Um, but this injury cause the situation where he couldn't return to that job he needed to reskill so he wanted his goal was to attend post-secondary education okay to take a different program start a new career path but what was holding him back was this GED certificate. He had passed every exam other than the math, okay? So we have um, coaches in, in our uh, program, volunteers with math as an expertise, um, a level of expertise. So match him with a coach. That learner, I just found out this morning that this learner passed. His math GED. So I live for those moments, and all of my colleagues live for those moments. Um, so, Because we, we know now he's done. He'll be finished in our program. He's going to be moving on to enroll in a post-secondary institution, right? Wow. So yeah, very rewarding, right? So, um, you know, and I mean, that, that's an example of a learner that didn't really have a lot of barriers to learning mm-hmm. other than maybe financial barriers, right? So, our, and, and he got a very high level of support um, in terms of numeracy. So yeah, it worked out so wonderful. That's great.
1: And then that person, he was matched up with someone who had that specialty in, in math and that, yeah. The, yeah
0: yeah so that so that that coach that was their area of expertise you yeah. know and uh, so some might be retired teachers, other business people, um, other volunteers we have a lot of university students for example that volunteer um, with adult literacy um, but so they're from all varied backgrounds there's people from the community that um, care about the effects that low literacy has on some of our Uh, neighbors okay and how that limits their opportunities so they have a passion for that making a difference and one thing that's the same with all of our volunteers is they love reading and literacy (laughs) okay so that's like the baseline so um you know but it's also that passion for um you know uh wanting to contribute and um Uh, and support and walk with people on their journey, um, on their learning journey, right? Not everyone has equal opportunities. And, you know, if we all, I think as adults, if we all think about a lot of the personal success or, uh, you know, economic success maybe that we have in our life, a lot of it is directly related to your literacy levels, yeah. right so and you know not everyone has equal opportunities right for whatever reason so um so yeah that's you know there I meet all sorts of people yeah oh yeah
1: I, and I you said something so interesting too about how like with with your volunteers some like a lot of them see the impact in their own community and yeah. and want to help which just I think yeah says a lot about them but then also that there is an organization where they can you know it's one thing to see okay I and recognize something needs to change, but it's another to like, I wish there was an organization that could help facilitate that. But there is.
0: There is. They're us. And we are you know, yeah, they're us. It's us. Come see us. So, you know, if you were, um, we are experts when it comes to the field of literacy. Um, We're an informal education, okay, um, organization, but um, when it comes to literacy um, and adult learning or even literacy with family and children or other literacy programs here or financial literacy, uh, we really are on the leading edge of that so um, and we are just happy to to contribute contribute to our community in any way that we can, and especially work with our community partners. So sometimes um, we have uh, learners in the adult literacy program that are also in programming. Like I mentioned, 40% of them are taking classes. Well, it could be a link class through a settlement agency, or it could be um, a a class through um, Gabriel Dumont Institute, or it could be, uh, you know, through Quint Development or something like that, an employment program. So um, and, and we work with these partners to support these the success for these learners. Yeah that's,
1: that's really interesting too because one of the great things about doing this podcast for six years now is is you you realized how or I've realized how connected this. Community is in terms of when you have the, all these amazing organizations like foundations, like you said, like like a, a Quint, like um, Friendship in, like a, all these different places, yeah. food bank that that work together towards these common goals. That must be kind of cool to be a part
0: of. It is. Well, they, uh, that's actually kind of an extra perk of my position is I get to learn about uh, the great work that all of our community partners are doing in our community. Um, and I get to hear about those successes. We share things that are working with each other and how we can support each other's programming. And, you know, to go back on um, an earlier comment that I had where we focus on uh a learner's literacy. So you know we recognize with some of our learners that there may be multiple barriers um, and but we don't have any control over those barriers. So just because they're entering our program to work on their literacy skills, um, their barriers still exist. So uh, we have to focus on learning. And literacy but we can always rely on our community partners who have expertise in that area to assist our learners with support with those things oh. so we kind of work together and that's why these relationships are so important yeah, yeah. Um, how, how
1: how did you get into the world of, of adult education because it, it's clear that you you were so passionate about it um, but how, how did you how did you get into this world
0: Okay. Well, uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't linear. Um, so, uh, in university, I earned a, a commerce degree. Initially, I had a long career in uh, personal finance and banking uh, for many years. And uh, but what I was passionate about in a, like I did a lot of um, HR and training um, in my financial career. Um, but I also did a lot of volunteering in the community with the roles that I had. Um, And so it exposed me uh, to uh, different community partners and what they're doing. So eventually I had done some speaking at a settlement agency uh, in the city, and, and that made a real impact on me. And so I just kind of thought, I would like to work with a newcomer community. So then eventually I went, volunteering was always important um, in my faith community as well. Um, But I did return back to university, I became an ESL teacher, and then I was teaching um, in adult education at the University Language Center as an ESL teacher. So I was focused on, um, well... English uh, for international students there. So um, that that is wonderful. I did that for a number of years up until very recently. And so I've also worked in a settlement agency in the administration of their link programming. Uh, and all of these experiences led me to the perfect role that I'm in now. So I, I just couldn't be happier. Um, when I started here this year with foundations because I feel all of my experiences um, and skills that I have from these other uh, roles contribute to making me an effective coordinator here. For the learner in particular, and adult education, which I do feel deeply about, my own father was an adult educator, my sister's an adult educator, um, and my uncle's an adult educator, so it runs a little bit of my family. Um, But um, for... (laughs) a a <laughs> about my belief there, my core belief and my passion, but also with volunteers and how important that is in the community. Because, uh, you know, I've, I've volunteered my entire life, whether it's youth sport, amateur sport, um, or just different advocacy advocacy groups or what have you. So it's just kind of the perfect role. And then the other thing that's so wonderful is working with a group of people here that are so passionate about the same things. So it's, you know, we actually, it's not a fad. <laughs> it's not, you know, the flavor of the moment. We um, we understand the impact of that low literacy levels can have on a person's opportunity, a person's ability to participate in their community, a person's ability to get a job, maintain a job, or be promoted at a job. So, you know, following our skills, the uh, government skills for success model this is where we kind of focus these skills are just so important uh you know because strong individuals make strong families which makes a strong community that's kind of how it how it all goes right so yeah it's easy to be passionate especially when you see the successes of the learners in your yes. program yeah yeah. Oh, this
1: is a- yeah this and it must be like you said it's it, it's so great when you do find that organization where you're, you're all pulling in the same direction towards one goal. Like that, that's a good feeling, isn't
0: it? It is a great yeah. feeling. The leadership team here is really great. It's a very um, collaborative environment, and um, it really has our workplace really has a culture of learning, and that's not really easy to pull off. Um, and um, so it's we're all learning and growing together, and Adult Lit really follows that um, whole philosophy right that we we all believe in that philosophy here um, but it's a partnership journey and that's how we view adult literacy is the coach is not the expert the tutor they're a partner and they're more like a guide or a mentor right so and uh, they're learning as well we're all learning I learn something from people I meet every week uh, you know, and and the best coaches or teachers or tutors are always learning. And so as a staff, we're always learning, you're encouraged to learn, make mistakes, that's part of the learning process. Um and, and that is the same, we try the try to have that same environment for our learners, right? Um and, and always growing and going forward. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um if if there are people listening right now who um would would like to get involved in in terms i I'm, I'm thinking volunteers but also in terms of like if if someone needs some help um how how do they can they just come down or like how, how does that work
0: sure, yeah yes. so let's talk about learners first so um, if it's a learner who's listening um, you know it's important for them to know that uh, our program is open to adults over the age of 18 um, we can help them with work related goals academic related goals um, or personal related goals it could be reading writing numeracy um, or comprehension so uh, sometimes our um, participants will enter our program uh, let's say they're from the newcomer community for example, so they want speaking practice and uh, language acquisition support, right? Not maybe ne- they, might, they might have literacy in their f- language of origin, right? So um, we offer that type of support. It's free. They can contact me anytime. It usually starts with a phone call and a conversation um, and then we can set up a meeting time that's convenient for them. Um, so we have continuous intake all year long. Okay, so they can call anytime. Okay, Monday to Friday, eight thirty to four thirty. So that's important for learners, and we can help them um, whether they're working on a GED, want to get their driver's test, or <laughs> whatever goal they have. Mm-hmm. We will find a coach that can support them in that. Okay. Um, for volunteers, we have a, kind of a process. We, um, we really invite all volunteers to first look at the website um, and it lists kind of um, what they need to do. So uh, they can begin by coming to an orientation. It's a one-hour orientation. Um, we have one coming up in October. Um, it's usually from 12 to 1. Sometimes they're in person, sometimes virtual. They'll learn about all of our programs during that orientation so some some volunteers they might after hearing about financial lit are interested in volunteering that way or family literacy or children's literacy or adult literacy yeah. right so um after they do that um they fill in an application we require references and criminal record checks uh, which we can provide a letter for so they don't have to pay a fee um, and then for the, uh, I'll just speak about the adult literacy uh, program. Um, after all of that, then they would attend a one-day training. We're actually having one tomorrow, um, so we have 10 new volunteers joining us tomorrow for a full-day training from nine to four. So we really set up our coaches for success because they come away f- from this training. We go over all the techniques. Um, and strategies they can use. They get a binder of materials, um, and and just really that they can refer to in the future when assisting their learner. Um, and just we talk about some you know potential barriers that might come up, how to prepare a lesson or for a session, and we just go over everything in that training. So and that's all. That's one way that we support our volunteers and coaches Um, and so then after that after like let's say the volunteers are done tomorrow they're done their training um, then within a couple weeks after I'll find them a learner to be matched with yeah, so, and then we also support our volunteers by having workshops throughout the year, um, and we have coach connectors, so um, these are where they have a chance to meet other coaches, talk about some successes or challenges, um, and then the workshops um, are usually about topics that have come up that might be uh, helpful for them, right, or it could be um, just new information, techniques around adult literacy instruction, things like that, yeah
1: this is yeah. this is just fascinating yeah. i i i really i i knew very i knew very little about the adult literacy world and and what i thought I knew came from being a former high school and middle school and elementary teacher mm-hmm. it's so interesting and so different yeah. um yeah it's Shirley, a bit surprising
0: it's yeah. a bit surprising because you know a lot of our um learners like about 50% have less than in grade 12, but we do have a large percentage that have grade 12. Okay. But literacy is like any other skill. If you don't use it, let's say you're in a job that doesn't require a lot of reading or writing, right? Your skill can diminish over yes. time. And now with the way our society and culture has been moving, Canada is a highly literate culture. So even jobs that where you... Uh, uh, you know, high literacy levels weren't required in the past. Now they are, mm-hmm. so it, you know it's affecting people that even had a great. A grade twelve education, which you wouldn't think, but it, it's a continuum and it's a skill that develops over time with a lot of practice, right? So it, it's um, it could be just a, they've had a pause from using that skill, mm-hmm. so they might just need a top up, like with our workplace writing workshops, for example, mm-hmm. right? So just to to brush up their writing skills because they haven't worked on them for a while. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I uh I, I had a quick panic moment of like, what if I ever take a job in the future that requires me to do math and, and I would just
0: <laughs> You'd call me.
1: I would call you <laughs> I, would, I would need a lot of help. Um Charlene, it was so nice to meet you. Thank you for taking time out, out of out of your very busy schedule. I hope the workshop goes well tomorrow. And and yeah, like it's it's just it was really nice to meet you and congratulations on finding like Your dream job. This is really Um, exciting. So thank you.
0: Yes, thank you so much, Erica. I've just had a great time talking about our program, our learners, our volunteers. So it was very nice to meet you as well and stop by any time. I will do that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. My thanks to Charlene Seawalk for taking time out of her busy schedule to share her story on the podcast. If you want to learn more about the adult literacy program, please visit foundationslearning.com. This has been season six, episode two of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. I host, produce, and edit this local independent podcast. You can listen to YXE Underground wherever you find your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or at YXEUnderground.com. Please feel free to tell your friends all about YXE Underground and to leave a five star review if you like what you hear. You can follow YXE Underground on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I guess it's called X now. I'm going to keep calling it Twitter. But yes, you can stay updated on all things YXE Underground by following the podcast on social media. A few quick thank yous before I go. I would like to thank my cousin, Andrew Dixon, for creating the original themes for the podcast. Thank you to Saskatoon's Danger Dynamite for taking care of the website. And a big thank you to everyone who has purchased a YXE Underground dog and cat bandana. I still have a few left if you would like to purchase one. They cost $10 and all of the money goes to the Animal Safekeeping Program, an amazing program that helps people and animals who are fleeing domestic violence situations find safe homes. It's a partnership between New Hope Dog Rescue and the Saskatchewan SPCA and was the focus of last month's YXE Underground episode. Feel free to reach out on social media or email me if you would like to to support this really great program. My email is ericandersonyxe at gmail.com. Before I go, I would like to acknowledge that these interviews were recorded on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. YXE Underground is a production of the Salt Hammer Production Company. My name is Eric Anderson. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon.